Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Hey, you're listening to me, Mark Sefton, and today we have the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast, and we turn our attentions to Nikki Burke. Nikki is a published writer and speaker. How are you today, Nikki? I'm really good, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Now, I have good authority to know that you have a birthday coming up very soon. That's so well sought out. Yes, just uh, on the 10th of March. I'm stoked. I knew it was the 10th. Um, I knew it was next week. So happy birthday from all of us at Brains to you. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, it's it's just divine timing that this will be coming out the day before. It feels like an early celebration, really. So thank you, Brains, for organizing that. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, you know, coinciding with your your new book release, The Sacred Dance, obviously it's going to be quite a nice little energy boost and celebration of you and, and your work. Yeah, so The Sacred Dance comes out on the 4th um, by ebook, but the following week it comes out um, on paperback. So, yeah, it's just been this, like, beautiful Pisces moving energy and... Uh, yeah, I had I had no idea. I think that's the beautiful timing of the universe when you just allow it to be. Magic happens. So yeah, the synchronicity, you know, and uh, the celebration. I think of of your story. What what is like the essence of the sacred dance? And I've wrote three books, so I'm always fascinated when I come across other authors as well. You know what 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 is the essence of the sacred dance, and and why did you call it that? Sure. So it's actually called the sacred dance, wisdom from leaders living a soul led life. So this is a co-author book. Okay. It's my first time being published within a book. And I believe there's 14 or 15 of us in, in this. And it was just such a wonderful way to step in. We're really held by um, the publisher and we created this as a community during covid and for me, it just felt like a beautiful next step rather than going into like a 70,000 word book straight away, you know, starting off with brains and then moving in slowly just felt um, much kinder to myself. But this is all about our own personal journey to spiritual awakening or when things really changed for us, when there was that tipping point. And I'm so excited because it's such an array of people. We have um, infertility coaches. Um, we have people who are in touch with different parts of the galaxies. Um, mindset coaches. Obviously, I'm an artist. So there's a beautiful array. And if you get it for 99 cents, I mean, literally, it's the bargain of the year. So yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm yet to read everyone's story, but we've met each other and everyone's so beautiful. I, I'm really touched that it came into my life. Yeah, that's great. I, it's interesting, Nikki, because I, I thought, I thought you had quite a lot of influence on the title because you do have a, a background in, in in dancing were you were you a part of that 
No. So I was a part, let's really help brains out here. I was a part of brains and I saw this beautiful publisher, right? Who wants to be a part of the book? And when we connected, she said, it's called the sacred dance. And I was like, sign me up. So again, I can't take credit for that. That's the universe. <laughs> so it seems like very much that things are very synchronous. I can't even say the word. Help me out. Help me <laughs> Synchronistic. Out yeah, that will do. <laughs> um, synchronistic. Thank you. And um, I think that 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 is something that's really interesting because sometimes, you know, sometimes I've said before, sometimes we are are pushing a door that says pull. Mm. You know, there's things in our life that we try and force or maneuver. Um, But the beauty of not just going with the flow, because people always say, you know, you know, go with the flow. And I I always respond with, you know, I am the flow um, because I just think it's a cheekier response and much more kind of like my sort of personality. But I, I love the fact that it seems very, very energetically, you know, you know, obvious in terms of the work that you're doing, you know, and actually you're, you're collaborating with like-minded people that, that echo the sense of the same sort of energy that you're looking to, to create. And the, the power of that as, as an artist who's freelance, I'm so used to working alone and, this was beautiful, especially coming towards the end of, of COVID when we've really you know, been very separate to remember what it's like to be held in space. Even when you can't actually touch those people, it's really been, I've met sisters and brothers and um, some of us live in England uh, and I hope we get to meet soon. A lot of us go to Glastonbury and things. So I'm sure we'll have like our own party up the tour but most are in America. So just what a wonderful way to bring all these like-minded individuals together. It's really genius. And I love being at the cutting edge of, um, of this world in that way. You know, this, was, this wouldn't have been available probably before COVID. She set this publishing company up during COVID. And yeah, as you said, it's all synchronistic and I'm a huge fan of Celestine Prophecy. So people haven't seen that then you then please watch it because it's synchronicity to a T. Mm. I'm sure I'm sure people will I'm sure people will uh, get curious. How how did you find like the process of of writing uh, a contribution towards towards this book? How did you find that? Is it something that mm. was natural to you or was it something that kind of took discipline? It was deep. It was so deep. Um I basically had four or five weeks to write the chapter. And it just so happens that I've been a journaler since I can remember. And basically I had a very intuitive way of going about it. And uh, I'll be really vulnerable about this process was I displayed all of my journals out around me. And I asked my higher self, my guides to lead me to the different journals. And it was as if the story was already written, but it was my responsibility to rewrite my story. So there wasn't just a sense of, I'll pick that out and I'll put it as it was. It was, oh, I'm picking this part because there's still some healing for me to be done on it. And I'm ready to rewrite my story. So I feel like a very different version of myself for moving myself through that way. And I think that's the beautiful thing about 
art and being an artist and a creator is that you're constantly rewriting, redefining. And that's one of the things I say to people when I'm, when I'm coaching, journaling is, it's a portal, it's a portal within and yeah, so in a way, the work was already there, but I had to be brave enough to say yes. Mm. Very good. That's a, it's, I find it interesting that you that you surrounded yourself with, with journals. I, I think it's interesting. It's a, it's a great metaphor as well as it being obviously something that was a practical and had a spiritual ele- element to it. I, I mm. find it interesting that sometimes the environment we find ourselves in is actually the thing that, that liberates us. And sometimes with the right person in the wrong place and sometimes taking, taking yourself from one physical place to another is, is quite, is quite impactful, isn't it? Absolutely. So as a dance teacher, I'm used to creating the space. So as a production coordinator, everything for me is about intention, no matter, no matter what it is. And that, I find that always really serves. And what I realized in this moment, I mean, I had this moment where I took pictures of myself, I'm crying, I've got mascara down my face, you know, I'm talking to my angels, looking like a crazy person. But have you ever seen Homeland? Like I had this moment where I am the main character in Homeland when she's got all the pieces of this amazing, like, I don't know, like um, police investigation going on. But you know, she, she, she figures it out. And I was like, this is my, this is my life jigsaw puzzle um, up to this, up to this part of my life in my thirties. And I just felt so, um, felt less crazy. <laughs> <laughs> where, where does your love of dance come from, uh, Nikki? Where does it come from? Um, not this world. I, pre- I pretty much came in dancing um, and I speak about it a little bit in the chapter started at the age of four because my grandparents were born in Latin dancers and said, oh, there's this little dance class. But that was it for me. I could never find anything that made me feel so free except for meditation, right? So meditation on a, on a spiritual basis. But I just came back from Glastonbury this weekend. I did a static dance in the fields, you know, and just just rift and the edges that you can go to in dance. It's like, you can be, you know, like raving, like you're at Ibiza in one moment and the next moment you're a slug on the floor with no energy and, you know, back in the womb. And that's why I love teaching dance and um, embodying those different flavors of myself because we are, you know, the ego is so small our identity is so small and I find that dance just stretches me and reminds me of all those different versions of myself and they're all welcome in the space now something I always remind people in my in my classes you know that all of you is welcome now I don't want people to just be doing steps like me now Bob Fosse used to say uh, steps suck Right. And it's the because it's the essence of us. It's the sensuality, the sexuality, the, you know, the grit, those things that we try and hide that are of most interest to people because it's human and actually breathe new life into us. I think after being a dancer and being in shows for like a year or two years, you learn to find these ways of finding new in the same character. 
mm-hmm. right? And that's something that I've loved teaching and, um, and, and moving through and helping people that have nine to five jobs that, you know, you kind of do the same thing. Blah, blah, blah. And it's up to us as the creators of our own world and our own story to, you know, really embody change and choose that for ourselves. So I find that dance gives me that straight away. It's like we said, right? You're in the space. Anything is possible in space. And it just just widens my imagination and it really helps me with storytelling, not just on stage, but also in books. So I'm starting to write stories now for kids and um, you know, just other um yeah, writing in other directions. So I say people, if you're feeling a bit, you know, it's stiff, just shake it off. Like everyone loves a good shake, right? <laughs> yeah. Not just dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I I love how you express, you know, dance in terms of like the different flavors, you know, and, and the sense of stretching, you know, uh, and the sense of, you know, when you dance, you're you're representing all of you. So your your shadows and your I guess your your more glorified, uh, sanctified self. Uh, as well, so I, I I love that. I I wanted to ask you, Nikki, can you can you see some parallels between you know dancing and the intuitive coaching that you do now? Absolutely. I I always start whether it's in a one-to-one session or um, I've not done group sessions for a while, but in group sessions with that intention. And it's just so interesting that it just seems to always come back to that. I I see no difference because it's always about moving from within, mm-hmm. right? And the mind and releasing the mind, getting the mind out of the way. You know, people come to me with trauma. Um, you know, oh, this teacher told me I was terrible or I can never do this. And I have one client, um, his name is Keith. He won't mind me sharing that. And he's, he's in his sixties and he came to me and he said, I'm leaving. I'm not coming back. I'm terrible at this. I said, you get your butt back in class next week. And he went, he was absolute beginner. He went from, um, yeah, to absolute beginner classes to starting doing Borman Latin tango competitions and and very beautifully wrote me a poem one day and told me how he was on the dance floor and just went into tears because he felt the exchange of the music and the dance he felt that synergy he said, I just never experienced anything like that before and he's always like it's your fault <laughs> you know but there really is this oneness that we can find within ourselves when we turn off the mind that says, what do I look like? Is this okay? Is this perfect? Dance is a big thing about being perfect. And it just sucks all the life out of life. And I think when we can find that through dance or through coaching, you know, um, with someone and we have those realizations, we take it into other areas of our lives. And for me, that is the gold, you know, that's the turning lead to gold. That's being an alchemist. And that's, that's really what I live for is seeing people just have those moments of realization. I can do this. And 
you know, watching it um, blossom in other areas of their life, like, oh, I met that guy, or I can now speak in, um, in the work environment in a very different way. I can hold myself differently from a dance class. And this isn't necessarily one-to-one. -one. This is, you know, in a group space where you feel safe. So I really feel that the possibilities are limitless when you find a teacher that you really resonate with and that really speaks your language, you know. And with dance, there's improvisation, there's a static, there's, you know, five rhythms, and then there's, you know, let's, let's Madonna it out and, <laughs> you know, get into the groove. It can be whatever you want. And again, that's what we we're saying earlier about there's so much stretch available to you and only you know what you need in that moment. Hmm. Yeah. I, I learned to do the tango and the samba uh, a few years ago for, it was a dance um, it was a dance competition raising money for Macmillan. And I, I did it over an 11 week period training every Friday and Sunday. It was quite intense, but I absolutely loved, like, I loved just the fact that in some ways similar to football in the sense that I can't think of anything else other than what I'm in uh, and, and being away from like the distraction, the pressure, uh, the concerns and responsibilities of life, you know, you're very much left in, in, in the present moment, which is, you know, where peace is found. Like, um, you know, anxiety is in tomorrow, depression is in yesterday, but, but peace and, and tranquility is in, is in the moment. I found that dance really helped me in that. Absolutely. There's a, there's a grounding in it, I, I find, a real connection to the floor and feeling your body and the extremities and you know and, and allowing the breath to come through I'm a big fan of breath work as well because mm. when I used to compete I would find that I'd come off the dance floor I hadn't breathed for a minute and a half you know and I don't think I I never was really taught to breathe during my professional training that came much later when I realized like, oh, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't feel good doing eight shows a week and mm -hmm. um, coming off with like headaches and things like that. I really, yeah, I really hear you. And I, and essentially what we're, what we're feeling here is the similarities between meditation and finding peace, that focus and dance and finding that peace, just being so embodied in what you're doing instead of, being distracted right which is yeah. like totally this generation there's just so much in that and I sometimes have weeks when I don't go on social media um you know I, I'm very limited with those because I know how much it brings me out of my creativity you know let alone comparanitis and all those things just get so distracted um my body doesn't like it so I really had to learn as well through, through that time and yeah 60 minutes of 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 dance you feel like a new person right yeah you feel incredible incredible <laughs> i mean it was it was yeah it was incredible I, i'm i'm as flexible as a hippopotamus um but i i do have the rhythm so i i did it i did enjoy it um i enjoyed what what it was bringing to me i think like in my soul probably more than the fact that i would be the next billy elliot now in, in life, we have moments which kind of propel us, and I guess we see these as as plot twists or or significant shifts in in what kind of leads us to what we're doing now. I I would love for you to 
tell me, Nikki, about the night where you put your your hand on your heart, you know, when you're in the West End and, and actually decided to to make a shift? Sure. Well, I've never actually danced on the West End, interesting enough. So, um, which I'm going to be really vulnerable about because that was the thing <clears throat> that I kept going for. I was like, I can't stop until I've done the West End. Like I'd wanted it for 20 years. And um, what happened was I was basically energetically on my knees. I was so in debt. I was so tired. I was so ill, right? My whole body was injured. I was getting injured left, right and center. And this is all in the chapter in, in more depth in the sacred dance. But I literally did that. I, I, I put my hand on my heart in the West End. I stood there and I said to myself, you know, I'm, I'm willing to teach now. I'm willing to step back. I'm ready to teach. And to know that there's more to me than being a dancer, that was a huge moment. It was as if my brain used to tell me, you can only dance. You have no other skills to give, right? So, so teaching requires a certain amount of wisdom and knowing your enoughness. So for me to really make that transition was a, was a big leap of faith for me. And I'll never forget when I, I went to one of the schools in London that night to cover a class. And usually there's like three or four people there. And I walked in the space and there was over 20 people. And I was like, okay, I know you heard me. Okay. And everyone was like, what? why is it so busy? What's going on? I'm like, I don't know, but let's just do this. It was freaking incredible. And what was beautiful was that my head was saying to me, okay, now you're only going to teach. But it wasn't. It was the beginning of choreography jobs coming in, like artists saying to me, I love your work. Let's work together. And I still dance. It's just that I needed to allow myself to step back instead of what everyone else was telling me, which was stay in London, work your ass off, like hard work pays off. It's the opposite. The moment that I surrendered and let go, everything started to come to me. I took my healing journey and... Honestly, it's just, it is the synchronicity that we spoke about before when you really give yourself the space and listen to your intuition. The gifts are so much more, like the gifts are more to me than the West End. I'm, I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll do it. Broadway keeps calling and I'm, you know, I'm getting like, oh, I want to get back in, but only because my body is in a better place now. Um, and if I hadn't taken that journey, I don't know where I don't know where I'd be. I I hate I hate to think really. Very very in so much pain. And sometimes we literally do have to come to our knees before we finally listen. Mm. And that's okay because I find that the contrast only serves me in my expansion. And I and I really love Abraham Hicks for that. You know what I've what I've been through is a lesson, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you know, I was trained to work hard and, and work hard. I did and work hard through those injuries. And now my body actually feels younger than ever. Like I feel 20, whereas when I was 20, I felt 50, you know, and I found my own way. And I think to anyone that wants to start dancing or feels nervous, like find your own way, maybe even just like close your eyes and stick a finger down on the timetable, you know, at, at the studio um because your intuition knows what you need yeah it, it it's interesting like 
the discovery that we have, I think, as we navigate through life. And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, going from being a dancer to then teaching other people to dance, it's similar to like parenting, you know, I want to be successful, but actually I feel the pride and the benefit of seeing my kids being successful. And it's like, you know, if you, if you've got students or clients and we're giving of ourselves into the hearts and lives of people, then they achieve something. We're also a part of that achievement. And that's where life gets really exciting. And it takes us away from being selfish and actually wanting to give more, knowing actually that we are also um, kind of benefiting from other people's accomplishments, achievements, because of the fact that we've had an imprint on them. Mm, Absolutely. I just love watching people shine. Right. And, and knowing that I take pleasure in that also reminded me that people take pleasure in me shining. Because when I used to teach beginners, sometimes I'd like hide myself, like don't be too good because they'll be intimidated and things like that. Right. That used to be my ego. And now I'm like, no, they love to watch you shine because it's inspiring. And that's the way I teach my classes is like, do not think about the person next to you. We all have our stories. We all have our own stuff. You're here to shine your light, your way. This is your moment. I always say, this is your money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like get, get your money's worth. And um, like I really, that's where I am now is really dedicating myself to um, share my voice in a, in a new way, in a, a much louder way. You know, I have an uh, insignificant belief that's like, don't stand out. And because <laughs> I was trying to be in the chorus line for so long, people would tell me, don't stand out. You'll never be ensemble. And then I realized in my late 20s, well, I don't want to be ensemble. So, you know, I'm always playing with these different realms of me mm-hmm. and asking myself, okay, is it true for me to shine today? Like, or is that just showing off? Did today I just want to be more insular? And that's why I love aesthetic dance because it gives me that, um, yeah, it it lets me lead myself. You're literally leading yourself through that process. Whereas obviously when you have an instructor and it's a group class, you got to go a little bit more with the flow. But sometimes I have students that say, you know what, Nick, I'm just going to stand on the side today and watch. And I'm like, you know what, cool. I'm just going to let everyone else know. So they don't, they're not like wondering what's going on. And that's the way some people want to learn. And I love giving people that flexibility. You know, I, I want to really emphasize more of that in, in life, right? Just make it up. Mm. That's intuition. Like intuition is not logical. We're just, just making it up and have fun. And, you know, that's, um, that's taking us back to our innocence. And that's a, such a beautiful, enriching place to be. That's so uh, much now we just, we, we forget about. Mm. Yeah. I know, I know that you talk, um, a bit about, um, inner magic, you know, and I wonder how, how do you birth your inner magic into, into the modern world? How do you do that? Mm. The first thing that's coming up is, um, self-responsibility. Like I know that like it's up to me like the magic that I create like I want to have a baby at some point right like it's not just going to drop out the sky like in Dumbo yeah I'm going to have to date I'm going to have to do these things that bring a lot of tension in me right and the, the magic really for me comes from 
meditation. I've got to just got to just got to praise meditation, right? Um, and really quieting my mind so that I can feel in my heart what's really important for me. You know, I didn't. I do the pinboards and the visions, and I make choices and and goals. But if I don't take that time to be quiet and slow, they just get overridden by everything else. And my brain's like, when you have a baby, but no, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make sure I have structures in place when I have a baby. And yeah, it's coming back to my values all the time and coming back to me and actually being very selfish about that. It's very easy to be misled by other people's personalities and wants and money. And, you know, I'm in a space in my life where money isn't the most important thing, right? Sometimes just being in nature in my own magic with the birds um, is, is what I need. And, you know, birthing our, our magic in the world is, it's not just for women, you know, it's, 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 it's for men as well. Right. And I think it, we can sometimes do that. I think of birthing is just, just one, but it's not, it's, it's, uh, it's divine. It's the feminine magic. And I feel like it's the masculine action, right. And getting that balance in your life is an art. And that's why I call myself an artist because I used to just do the steps that everyone told me to do in life, like in all areas of my life. And when I quietened down and really listened, I realized that I wasn't, I wasn't living my life. I was living pieces of other people's ideas and perceptions. The only way I could get to that was the journaling, the meditation, the sacred practice, the communities that support that and, and giving myself that space. I think that's something that is, is so important to um, to give ourselves that space away from the world if that's what we really need absolutely and um so rich you know in what you're saying we talked a little bit about intuition already like today uh, and it's a good it's a good question kind of get people to think about once uh, we bring this into land as, as a good kind of just something to think about how how do we learn to to listen to that intuitive whisper? How how do we how do we really give ourselves permission and really tap into into that intuition so it isn't overrided by some of the distractions we've talked about? Sure. So uh, one of my coaches always says to me that you know intuition is like the whisper, and now in my so I've been doing this work now for about eight eight years yeah those times I was like this is crazy this is not getting me anywhere and then you start to see the magic happening I'm like oh okay <laughs> this is actually this actually works what I noticed the most for me personally this may not be the same for everyone else is that my intuition is so light right I have to really feel my stillness to to hear her and usually the ego the um like the, the, the shoulds they don't feel good they feel like lead and so for me now I know that that's not true because it's not resonating with my inner being mm-hmm. right and yeah for me that's that's the that's the most simple version I can give you in, in this amount of time, but also just a, a tip that I've heard from so many different 
coaches and I really agree with this is to gauge with yourself first thing in the morning before everything else starts. You know, it's like, give yourself a chance right? mm. before everyone else is clawing at your attention. Go, go within it. It's like set, it's like starting the candle first thing in the morning and it allowing it to open out to this huge bonfire mm-hmm. by night. Whereas if, you know, if we wait until chaos strikes, um, the momentum isn't within us. So um, yeah, there's so many different ways that, that, that you can do it. But for me, the resonance is, oh, that feels true. Oh, that feels really good. Instead of like something like smacking me in the face, really. <laughs> I hear you. The importance of being still. I like what you said about, you know, give yourself a chance, you know. In the morning, we're so bombarded, especially at the moment. It's either COVID or it's Ukraine and Russia and it's heavy, and it's, you know, it's something that we we can't ignore, but it also needs to it needs to be understood that we have to, you know, take care of ourselves, how we're feeling, uh, and then being of contribution to, to other people who may be more in the thick of it than, than we are. So I think that was really important that you said that, Nikki. Nikki, as we bring this into land, is there is there anything burning that you want to share and capture that maybe we haven't and then let, let us know how we can find out more about, about you and your work. Sure. Like the words that are coming to me is that dance is a universal language. And I learned that when I was in Africa, I um, worked with some schools in Nairobi with a group of dancers and, you know, like none of us spoke the same language, but we managed to create amazing things. And, you know, they're really are no boundaries when it comes to dance. Whether you, I think what's coming through and I didn't realize was, is that I'm really tapping into right now how healing dance is. And it doesn't need to be in a certain way. You can just move yourself, your body, anytime, any place, like we said earlier with the shaking. So I just really want to open that up to people and know that it doesn't need to be like the next greatest TikTok or anything like that. You can do it for your own, um, yeah, just for your own healing and soul, basically. Um, My work is always changing. So my offerings are always changing. Sometimes I have online courses, sometimes I'm coaching, sometimes I'm on set, so I'm not able to, um, to offer that. Um, but that's something that I love. I love the versatility. So people want to follow my journey and learn more about the sacred dance book. Um, I have Linktree and I also have a mailing list. So yeah, that's, that's me really. You can just follow, follow like everyone else, right? In Instagram, crazy world of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I was thinking about that, what we said earlier, I thought it'd make a real make a real interesting um headline for an article you know about you know it's not it's not just dogs that like to shake because i think it would people would be like what i think people would just be naturally naturally curious to read that so maybe we should have a go at that nikki what do you think yeah we'll collaborate on on brains with that one definitely (laughs) (laughs) yeah wonderful well it's been lovely to uh shine the spotlight on you a little and find out more about you nikki and uh Look forward to seeing the rest of your journey unfold. Thank you so much. Pleasure, Mark. And uh, and just want to send love and peace to everyone out there in the world right now. And I think that if that's 
all we do in in our day is take that moment to think of others and send love then I really feel we're, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing on this planet so sending that to everyone well said thank you Nikki thank you for joining this episode with me Max Sefton I hope you've really enjoyed it feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes and I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast